you know, the advice that I've given to my kids is that it's unlikely that you're going to work for the same company your entire career. And the thing that's most important is to is to just make sure, regardless of what you're doing, what industry, what job, what company, just make sure you're continuing to learn and uh, continuing to be challenged. And if you if you like what you're doing, you're learning and you're you're being challenged. Uh, you know, I, I find that everything else seems to take care of itself. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond High Street. David Schwab here. I hope everyone's having a good day and a good summer, working hard, but also having a lot of fun, too. Pod today's with Jim Ryan. Jim is the former chairman and CEO of Granger. Just stepped down a year ago, and you'll hear in the pod when I asked about all the different jobs he'd had in his life. He's been at Granger for 37 years. That does not happen today. It gives a, a testament to the type of loyalty he has, but also the quality of the company for one to stay for 37 years. Talked in a wide-ranging conversation about a number of things. You know, he's got, we talked about his kids now are 23 and 25, both Miami grads also, and they're starting out in their business career and the parallel of them and Miami students, other Miami students coming out and what he looks for, what he thinks really important, coming out of school for people and personality traits, working hard, being really, really dedicated, because as he notes, turnover is really expensive, so you wanna have the right people. Wanna make sure that the people you work with know how to work on teams. There are some businesses where independence is important, but most of business collaboration and teamwork playing in the sandbox is critical. And third, personal integrity. In this world of transparency, you gotta have good people. You, you have to want to wake up and work with that person. And so working hard, working on teams, personal integrity, uh, really good. We talked about mentorship. I loved it. His, his mentor still today, mom and dad. He, he has spent a lot of time at Miami, has helped out. Um, he was the chairman even of the business advisory council um, for the farmer school business at Miami. And he gives a great story. I won't even uh, just tease it and you have to listen about what technology was like in the late 70s when Jim was on campus um, and what technology he was using and, and what happened when a semi-truck passed him by as he was walking with uh, some stuff on High Street. Really appreciate everyone spending some time. Uh, enjoy the conversation with Jim. Thanks. Well, Oxford in 2018 uh, looks a lot like uh, what it was in the late 70s when I was there. I guess uh, walking walking around campus, it still has much of the same look and much of the same feel. Um, I still get walking around campus. I can still, um, you know, st still still resonate with the uh, with the buildings and the layouts on campus, and that's all very familiar. I guess what's what's the most different is uh, you know uptown's different, different restaurants, different bars. Um, you know, uh, more options of places to live. And I, I guess uh, having having been in the freshman dorms uh, at least a couple of times within the last four years, the freshman dorms look a whole lot different than they did when I was there between 1976 and 1980. In fact, uh, my younger son, when he uh, when he moved in, moved into uh, Anderson Hall uh, four years ago, uh, it had just been redone, and I told my son's name is Matt, and I, I said, Matt, um, I don't think you understand this, but I didn't live in a place like this until I was in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> so besides clear, besides the phone on the wall, which when I was there in the early 90s, we still had, what was the, when you walk in, you say, wow, that is nothing like what we had when I was in school. 
Well, the Farmer School of Business, um, for starters, is just, uh, I mean, it's, a, it, it's an incredible physical facility. Um, and, uh, you know, the food hall that's uh, both inside Farmer and, and, be, and behind Farmer, uh, the menu is nothing like uh, anything that I ever ate when I was in college. Uh, and, the, you know, it's just a gorgeous building with, um, you know, with a lot of technology and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, places to study and interact with people. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's probably the biggest difference. I, I give them, from an architectural standpoint, so much credit uh, in Oxford to everything still have the the red brick charm and the grass cut and the shape of what Miami has been for 200 years but they but they've evolved i mean the farmer business school it, when you were there when i was there on the outside could have looked like any other building but inside it looks like 2018 yeah yeah it really does in the armstrong student center i'd i'd, I'd say the same thing and I give Miami a lot of credit for that because, you know, the uh, higher education in general is under a lot of budget pressure these days. And uh, facilities maintenance uh, is one of the things that's easy to cut back on. And, uh, you know, it's it can be pretty appealing uh, when you're building new buildings to build them a little less expensive and uh, maybe not fit the campus architecture as well. But Miami has done a phenomenal job with, um, uh, you know, with the design and maintenance of that campus. It's one of the, it's one of the things that, that drew me when, when I was looking around at colleges and had the same impact for my kids. Is, is there a place on campus that when you've gone back recently with uh, visiting your sons that you always feel like each time you need to go visit because there was something back in the late 70s either, even if the restaurants are changed at a particular spot or a, a building or a place that you did something on campus that, or you just kind of drive around and remember it all? Well, my, um, so my, my wife and I, uh, we met when we were in high school and uh, we were dating when we were in college and she went to Ball State. So She'd be a regular visitor to Oxford, and uh, we'd spend a lot of time walking around campus. And I, you know, I guess the one place, uh, whether it's with my sons or my wife, when we're on campus, is uh, is under the Upper March. That um, that that had um, uh, that has special memories for my wife and I. And um, when when whenever we're back on campus, we've got to make a lap uh, lap through the uh, the Upper Upper March. And when you finished school, and I'm going to go back, and I, and I test everyone with their memory. When, when you were finishing school, did you have a job already in school your senior year? Or were you interviewing and, and having to find out once you graduated? Well, I, I graduated in, in 1980 into a terrible economy, into the middle of a recession. And I, I was interviewing on campus, but I didn't have a job when I graduated. So uh, I packed it up from Oxford and came back home to Chicago and um, started graduate school at night mm. and was just working a lot of part-time jobs, going to graduate school and just spreading my uh, resume all over the Chicago area. So I, gra I graduated from Miami in, in May and um, I didn't, uh, my first job, I started uh, at the end of October that year. And how many years into your professional career or how many jobs did it take before you found the one where you thought, this is either the industry or profession or the place 
I want to be. And I'll, I'll keep going on that for a second because I, in a number of these conversations or when I've gone back to campus, I hear a lot of the students feeling like they need to get their dream job or land in the industry that they want to end their career with but at the age of 22 versus just getting the the practical experience and starting almost the other way, learning what I don't love um, and working their way ultimately into the job that they want to have later in life. Yes. The, uh, so, so this, this is, this topic is top of mind with me for a couple of reasons. One is uh, my two sons that uh, both graduated from Miami, one's 25, one's 23. So they're very early in their career. And we've, uh, we've, We've had this conversation a number of times, both when they were getting ready to graduate and, and since they've graduated. Uh, but but for me, I'm a bit of an anomaly now. I, the, uh, I, I was with the same company for 37 years, just retired at the end of last year. So the... Um, uh, I, I would, I would love to tell you that I had a well thought out, well <laughs> ma- mapped out uh, career plan, but the fact is, back in 1980, I was just looking for a company that would hire me, and uh, and I could get a job in the middle of a bad economy. I got really lucky that I got into um, got into a company uh, that um, had a customer base and a product line and a company culture that really resonated with me. And uh, it uh, during my 37 years there, it it um, it was always growing. So that's the thing about growing companies; they always provide uh, opportunities. And it seemed like whenever I was getting the itch to go do something else, I was always able to scratch that itch at the at, at Granger where uh, where I worked. So, um, but it is. Um, you know, the advice that I've given to my kids is that it's unlikely that you're going to work for the same company your entire career. Um, and the thing that's most important is to is to just make sure, regardless of what you're doing, what industry, what job, what company, just make sure you're continuing to learn and uh, continuing to be challenged. And if you if you like what you're doing, you're learning and you're you're being challenged. Uh, you know, I, I find that everything else seems to take care of itself. And, uh, you know, there, there are, um, over the course of a career, there are companies and jobs that don't even exist today that, um, that people are going to find themselves working in. So it's impossible, it's impossible to, to think of a company or an industry uh, that's going to be, you know, the, um, the ultimate or the best, particularly early in your career. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think the best thing you can do is find a company that you've got some interest in and find a job where you're, where you're learning and you're being challenged. And like I said, most of everything else will take care of itself from there. And, and what do you think? And I'm sure you've shared this with your, your two sons, but somebody coming out of Miami or even going into Miami or a different school, some of those personality traits that, uh, an employer um, is looking for. I mean, of course, if you're going to be a doctor, there's a specific field and pre-med and accounting, there may be some certain scores on certain tests. But in the, in the world of business, I think at 22, you don't know what, you, you don't know it yet. You're just, you're learning. And so people are making often hiring decisions based on what what they see in you in almost a 10-minute conversation or sometimes a five-minute conversation. So are there a couple personality traits that you think of that are just necessary for everyone to excel? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, one is that um, you know, it, 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 employers are, are looking for people that uh, that are willing to work hard, uh, that are de- dedicated and willing to work hard. Um, because employ it, it's expen- turnover is expensive for employers, and uh, you know if, if people aren't aren't contri- aren't working hard and contributing, um, employers are going to have to deal with either uh, either forced turnover or people that uh, leave the company because uh, because they're unhappy. So I think you've got to have a work ethic. Um, I also uh, think you need to have the uh, the interest and the ability to work on teams uh, because the, most most jobs in business, not all, but most jobs in business, um, you have to interact with other other people and you can't get things done on your own. Uh, so your your ability to work with other people, uh, work effectively with other people, and communicate, uh, I think, is a very important characteristic. Uh, I'd also say uh, personal integrity is um, uh, is an important characteristic that most em- most employers look for. Um, you know, there's a um, this is a transparent world that we're living in, and um, you know, employers need to know that the uh, that the people that work for them uh, oper- not only are hardworking, can work with other people. But uh, but they but they haven't have integrity, and th- those th- those all seem like pretty simple things. But you know, in my experience, uh, particularly as you move on in your career, uh, there's a lot of smart people, uh, a lot of smart people that have uh, strong degrees from good universities. Uh, but the further you go on in your career, the more important those personal characteristics are, particularly if you're going to be in a leadership role. People people will, will like to work for and follow hardworking people uh, that know how to be work on teams and that operate with integrity. Yeah, I, I say often to the team, my team here that <clears throat> every day clients uh, and colleagues wake up and they look at their emails or text messages and voicemails, and they've got about 100 things to respond to. And be the person, be the colleague, be the peer, be the friend that you want the other side to put you in the top five, to always be there so that, because people have limited time and they want to work with the people that they trust and like uh, and respect and are enjoyable to. So that that speaks very true for me. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great advice. I'm curious about the, and I know you said uh, you, you left Granger a year ago, but it, what was your, it, and I'm sure you challenged yourself and continue to learn as the advice you say giving to students and your sons. I'm sure you've done that your whole career. Curious when you wake up in the morning, even now, what do you do first from a learning perspective or how do you still challenge yourself today? So, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is the same thing I've been doing in the morning for as long as I can remember. I I get up, um, you know, I grab something to eat, and um, and I get and I get a workout in. I, you know, I find that uh, first I love being up early in the morning, and um, uh, I find that uh, getting in getting a workout in first thing in the morning is a good way to clear my head and a uh, and and a, and a good way to think. Um, and uh, and then I, I have um, I have a handful of news feeds that I that I 
pay attention to. You know, the uh, the, Wall, uh, the Wall Street Journal, the Chicago Tribune, uh, the Economist, a um, little bit of CNN sometimes, um, just to familiarize myself with with what's going on over the course of the day. And uh, you, you know, the uh, I, I I find if I'm just um, talking to the same people all the time, reading this, uh, reading the same books or periodicals all the time, that uh, life gets uh, life gets pretty monotonous. So I, you know, uh, I've always made it my business to um, you know to read read things that uh, that are unfamiliar, uh, raise my hand and get involved in things that are unfamiliar. Meet new people that are unfamiliar because uh, I, I think I think when 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 you're when you're in the middle of something that you don't know a lot about and you're in the middle of something that's unfamiliar, I, I found personally those are the periods of time where, where I'm learning the most. And what about the the value of a mentor? Um, I always enjoy having the conversations still to this day. Um, I'm 46, but having the conversation with my dad to say who. Who, were, who was your mentor 50 years ago? And do you still, at this age, still have a mentor? And for him, it's through religion, and that's where his mentorship is now and uh, different peers. Um, but back then, it was obviously a professor or an employer first or a neighbor. How about you from a personal mentors? You know, so my parents, for sure, uh, my, uh, my mom and my dad, but uh, through through the course of my career, you know, it, it was never just one person. A lot of times, the, uh, the person that I was working for directly, I had a good relationship with, and um, had had the benefit of having some good bosses over the years that uh, uh, that were that were really helpful. Um, so it, it, you know, it was. I, I can't. Besides my parents, I can't point to uh, any one person for a long period of time that was a that was a mentor. Um, I always had people that um, that I was getting advice from, um, but uh, it was it was a lot of different people over the over the course of my career, and it was uh, you know a lot of coaches, professors, um, bosses, peers sometimes. And back to an earlier uh, comment you said about learning, uh, reading, and exploring things you're unfamiliar with? Or is there an example or a, a hobby or passion that is uh, certainly outside of the business world and the business that you've um, done the past 37 years that uh, you didn't know, um, but you learned from it, and actually then it became a, a hobby or a passion? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a pretty recent example. Uh, when when uh, Granger's... Uh, large publicly held company, uh, $10 billion company traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, I've spent a uh, almost my entire career uh, in and around large public companies. So uh, when, I, when I retired, uh, the natural and logical progression would have been for me to get on uh, other large public company boards. And I had a lot of opportunity to do that. But I, I felt that that was something that I knew and that what that I was familiar with and I was good at. Uh, but I wanted to do something else uh, that was unfamiliar and that was challenging. So, um, so what I uh, what I did was, a friend of mine and I started a a, a small venture fund and starting started investing in um, startup and early cycle businesses. 
Now, I, you know, I was involved in starting some businesses inside the large corporation, but uh, didn't have a lot of familiar, familiarity with the, uh, with the startup space uh, outside large corporations. And actually, a couple of the guys in the entrepreneurship uh, program at Miami um, helped me out and helped me get, start, helped me get started. Um, uh, and uh, so we started this fund, and um, I've, gotten, I, I've joined the board of a couple of the companies that uh, that we've invested in and it's been uh, it's been very different than anything that I've done before um, and I've had to learn a lot about that space and um, and being on these uh, being on these boards I'm on two I'll probably get on another one here shortly um, it has been a tremendous learning experience I'm meeting people that I never would have met otherwise met um, I'm building a network outside of my familiar familiar network and it's a blast. Um, so there's a uh, there's a recent example. Well, yeah, there's got to be a going from a, a ten billion dollar company back to I imagine some of these are startups or seed money or Series A money, and it is yeah, just a couple people with maybe an idea, maybe not even some revenue. Um, almost the enthusiasm for you to start a business all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very much that way. So the, you know, so the problems that these companies are dealing with, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things are small problems, but you think about the, um, you know, you think about the people in these businesses that have got a lot of their own money invested. Um, uh, these are really, they're, they're really big issues, uh, for them, uh, in the grand scheme of things, especially within the context of say a $10 billion company, they're not big problems. But they're, uh, you know, they're big opportunities and, and big challenges for the founders of these companies. And um, yeah, it's so it, it's a very different environment, different set of challenges, different set of problems. But you know, as we were talking earlier, that space has been unf- has been unf- unfamiliar to me, and because of that, it's uh, been a great learning experience. I've got to close with the the technology question for you. So, and you said it when you went into Anderson Hall with your son four years ago. What what that looked like? More like a an apartment or a condo in Georgetown, probably from when you were in school or I was in school. But what was the technology that you remember uh, either bringing freshman year to college or having? For me, it was a brother word processor in 1990. Well, uh, you were a little more advanced than I was. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't bring any technology to college. <laughs> I'm not sure there was. But what do you, what do you recall as uh, just a phone on the wall and then a TV set? I mean, what what more was there from a anything in terms of using uh, stuff to, I guess, enhance what you were doing for work? Calculators. So um, I, I'll tell you a quick story, and I'm going to date myself a little bit here. My freshman year at Miami, um, I was in a um, uh, computer programming class. We were programming in uh, uh, Fortran and uh, in COBOL, and um, programming back then was punch cards. So um, I had spent hours and hours and hours putting together my first uh, my first program and it was carrying one of those, uh, I lived in Sims hall and was carrying one of those, uh, 
big trays of punch cards across that uh, intersection there at uh, at High Street, and it was and it was raining and and cold and windy, and a uh, semi had uh, come by that intersection and splashed a, a big splash of water up in my face, and I dropped that tray of punch <laughs> cards right in the middle of High Street, and uh, had to uh, had to go back to Sims Hall and uh, start all over again. So I did not have a happy uh, introduction to uh, to technology at Miami. <laughs> How about that story of the punch carts and then cobalt technology and, and the semi and the tractor trailer coming down High Street? I can, I can close my eyes and, and picture it and the punch cards going flying and having him go back to the lab to start over again. That was, that was special to um, get that much time from Jim. I mean, he's had an unbelievable business career and just providing insight to everyone listening and to me. Um, I took special note to reading and learning about things that are unfamiliar. Uh, that's, that, that struck a chord with me. We always need a challenge. We always need to learn and to get smarter uh, and expose yourself to stuff you don't know. Uh, really important in life. Again, thanks everyone for listening and being along for the ride. Please do share with friends and family and colleagues and all Miamians. I'll see you at Skippers.